tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 82. Well, maybe you guys are like me and you have a few heroes of faith that you would love to meet someday and really get to know. People who have lived their faith and walked through challenges in such a way that it's literally changed the way you've lived your own life. Well, Johnny Erickson Tata has been that kind of hero to me. Johnny was paralyzed in a diving accident as a teenager, but God has used her story and her books and the the winsome message of God's love to literally shape a generation. I can't begin to tell you how special it was to sit down and talk to her during this interview. She's just as precious and genuine as I imagined she would be. And in our conversation, she takes us to some deep places in her story that she doesn't always share in interviews. I know you're going to be blessed. (laughs) I certainly was. I remember when I first started the podcast, I thought, oh, of all the people that I would love to have on the living room, I couldn't have think of anyone I wanted more than Johnny Erickson Tata. Welcome. So welcome to the living room, my friend. Oh, Joanna, and how good that you have such a large living room. We can all fit together (laughs) around your couch, and we can all just have our open Bibles, have our uh, cups of coffee, and enjoy our time together today. Uh, Isn't that... I I just think it is so cool. We live in such a a unique age where we can live completely apart from one another and yet touch hearts. And so it it is just an honor. I I have just been like almost giddy with excitement to first of all get to meet you face to face and tell you how much you mean to me, but also just to hear just to hear what the Lord has done. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about the re-release of your book, Johnny, An Unforgettable Story, 45th anniversary. Does that blow your mind? It certainly does. And when I wrote that book as a 20-something, I was only in my 20s, Joanna. What did I know about <laughs> uh, not only uh, writing your biography, but I mean, what kind of a biography does a 24-year-old have, right? But also um, biblical insights, wisdom, whatever. I'm. I was so young, yet uh, I guess uh, breaking your neck, uh, God gives you a crash course in learning how to trust Him. Uh, not just skating the surface of a problem, but going deep. And and I'm just astounded at the um, what. 57 languages it's been translated in. We still give this book away in Arabic or in uh, the Thai language, um, Chinese, Russian. We, we still give the book away when we distribute wheelchairs around the world with Johnny and friends. So I'm just thrilled that uh, there's a 45th anniversary edition. And I'm honored that, um, I don't know, the story's still being told. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I, you know, I just remember it so clearly in my own life, you know, just um, reading your story. It's so, it's so beautiful. Here's the reason why God let you write this story and why you had something important to say, because you let God get his hands on you. (laughs) You just, I, through all your books, through all these years, when I read your book, it is encounters with the Lord. I can tell. I can tell that it comes from a deep place where you've let God 
get his hands on you. And I think so many times we're afraid of that. We're afraid to just like be vulnerable and open before him. But but you go beyond just pouring out your confusion to him. You actually let him speak back to you. How Was that something that just came naturally to you? Not at all. Uh, Joanna, uh, you, you are very kind in saying that I, quote, let God deal with me. But frankly, my suffering was of the degree that I was pushed up against a dead-end wall. Mm. I had nowhere else to turn but to trust God. And maybe, just maybe, that placed me at an advantage back then. Because um, I know many of our uh, podcast listeners right now, they've got choices. You know, they're, they're maybe not mm. up quite against a dead-end wall. They're not quite... God has not yet painted them into that corner where there is no escape other than to trust him. Mm. Uh, they can still waffle a bit, maybe uh, walk the tightrope, the fence, um, you know, j- just dabble in things of the Lord. Uh, perhaps they feel that, um, I don't know, God, I deserve some time off from obeying you. I don't need to trust you. I, life has been hard as of late, and I I, I need some time off here from, from trusting you. Maybe there are listeners who look at their walk with Christ that way, but thank the Lord for those listeners who've painted themselves into a corner or for whom suffering is just has encroached so claustrophobically that there is no other, no other option than to cast yourself at the feet of the Lord Jesus and say, help me, help me, Jesus. I have no place else to turn. I need you desperately. Don't leave me. Let me cling to you. That, I, was an, I was at an advantage in that. That was my only response. Jesus, I, I can't face it. This is impossible. You're just going to have to do this because I can't. Yeah. You know what's interesting is is that in some ways that's kind of my story, even though uh, it didn't involve tragedy. It was just the absolute, just feeling like my life was shattered, you know. And, it's, and I was a teenager when I came to that place where it's like, I love you, Jesus, but but I kind of want to do my own thing. And in His mercy, He let everything around me just fall to pieces to where all I had was Him. And I think we so resent that. And yet it's such a beautiful gift, like to come to the end of ourselves. Yep. Yep. To come to end ourselves. When your rope breaks, who, what else is there to hold on to? Uh, but, but the Lord God. Um, I, I often say, uh, even still, Joanna, and uh, I, I'm no expert. I'm no professional at trusting God. I'm put to the test every every day with this chronic pain and coupled with quadriplegia, and I'm still um, doing drug therapy for, for cancer. And sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, Joanna, and I, I say to God, I think, I, I, I think you are asking too much of me here. You, you've gone beyond it, Jesus. You're asking now too much. Then I talk to myself and I say, but but obviously you think not. You think you think <laughs> that with your grace I can actually do this. I find that incredulous and near impossible, but you are the god of impossibilities. I want to move forward into this. And so 
Joanna, perhaps what I have learned after all these years is not to fight, resist, become bristle and hardened. I learned to melt myself into that circumstance, walk into it as though I'm walking through that dead end wall. You know, you got to walk through the wall and uh, then you find Jesus in the middle of it. And at night when my pain encroaches and I think God is asking too much, I realize he's, yes, he is asking too much, but he thinks with his grace, I can do it. And I have to trust him with that, don't you? You you just got to trust him with those kind of moments. Wow. And that is so hard because in our humanity, uh, you know, I feel like um, a pastor's wife and uh, minister of women, and there just are a lot of hurting people right now. You know, it doesn't have to be chronic physical pain. There's chronic emotional pain. And I know I've got some dear friends that are just walking through circumstances that they never ever expected and and i think sometimes it's hard because we have the promises of scripture that that seem to indicate a victorious life you know sort of if i do everything right then uh, i'll have victory and it'll be glorious and i will be uh you know i'll never really struggle because i'll have the strength of the lord and yet when when trials come into our lives that challenge that, how do we navigate that dissonance between what we believe and yet what we're experiencing? Well, I think it is to understand the nature of trials first. They are intended by God to, um, well, to decimate, to totally destroy our sense of uh, um, self-sufficiency. Um, you know that I've got it together. I can, I can, I can do this. You know that the, the, there's a there's a subtle danger in saying I can do this, unless it's qualified with I can do this by the grace of God. It's only on His grace I can do this. You know, one of my go-to scriptures, and I've got a lot of them, but when um, I get in these places, and so many of our listeners are in those places right now, of absolute, oh, I can't. I can't go on. I don't have the strength. I often think of John chapter 6, verses 54 to 56, where Jesus says, this is, again, one of my go-to scriptures, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood mm-hmm. has eternal life, and I'll raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Okay, this is really gross. Like, this is like, yeah. this is a bizarre uh, verse that sounds pretty gory. And then he explains, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And I think what Jesus was trying to get across in that Bible verse is that he wants to be our meat and our drink. He wants to be the first thing we think of when we wake up in the morning rather than checking our Facebook uh, feed. He wants to be the center of our universe around which Mm -hmm. everything satellites and orbs and circles and and I, 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 I believe that trials are intended to absolutely flatten our self-sufficiency. And if they don't flatten our self-sufficiency, then there's still some crust of pride that yet needs to be peeled away. And um, we can get through it quicker if we participate with his Holy Spirit sooner rather than resist, you know, and put up the defenses and get your dukes up. And, okay, God, I'm going to battle with you on this one. Just just don't. 
she knows best. Oh my goodness, that's so powerful. And I, I think we all know that intuitively when we're not in the middle of it, we know we know the bigger picture, but I just wonder when it's the middle of the night and you still can't sleep and the pain is so hard and your flesh is crying out. Has it been, has it been a gift of grace that you've been able to kind of to stop that and capture those thoughts and, and then bring them into obedience to the Lord? How, how have you done, how have you learned that? And how do you do that for that person out there that goes, I know I need to, but I don't know how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good question. Great question. I tell you what I do. I talk to it. I talk to my pain. Mm -hmm. Perhaps our listeners can talk to their situation. It's, it's soul talk is what it is. And I will say to my pain, you think you're going to crush me. And if I did not have the Lord on my side, I would agree with you. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Though I am hard-pressed on all sides, I will not be crushed. So pain, I'm not going to get anxious. I'm not going to let fear uh, choke my faith. I'm going to be calm and quiet, and I'm going to enter you. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego entered the fiery furnace, I'm going to walk right into you, calm and relaxed, take a deep breath, and Jesus is going to meet me there. I just know he will, because he promises me. So right there is a little practical scenario of literally what I do every night. I I approach the situation. I, I don't get fearful of it. I handle it. I handle the situation Mm -hmm. by engaging it, not with anxiety or fear, but with scripture. And then with calm, relaxed sense of, okay, I'm going to now enter you. And I'm going to, I'm going to get down to the very, the very middle of this awful situation, breathe deep and know that Jesus is going to meet me in you. I know it sounds kind of weird, but David, the psalmist would identify, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Come on, get it together. You know, you know what you do? What you're doing is you're giving yourself a good talking to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we do a lot of bad talking, but you're giving yourself a good talking to. I love that. Yeah, we, we need to because, oh, Joanna, you know, we women, I don't know, we're so, we're so, we have such, we're so powerfully wired emotionally. We yeah. so, can tend to let our emotions dictate the outcomes. And uh, God calls us women, I think, to bridle those emotions and rein them in, just like you would have Mm -hmm. to rein in an unruly horse. You have to rein it in the right direction and um, and engage your emotions. And uh, like you just said, give yourself a good talking to. And in fact, for those of, of our friends listening who might not be aware, uh, Psalm 42, it's a great place to start where David the psalmist says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Put your hope in God, your Savior. Come on. I mean, he gives his soul, just as you said, Joanna, a good talking to. Wow. Wow. You know, I think one of the greatest gifts that you've given to the body of Christ is your willingness 
to be available to him in your brokenness. You know, I think sometimes we have this theology again that um that it should always be victory, that there should be always healing, there should be and you've just done such a beautiful job of of bringing us I I think just a really balanced theology of suffering because I feel like as Christians and especially as Christians who were supposed to be looking to the New Testament as our example, not just the blessings of the old. You know what I mean? And when you look at the New Testament, it's there. Just along alongside the miracles, there's also the theology of suffering. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, there's so much to say about that. Oh my goodness. You know, the, the God blessed his people in the Old Testament with um, abundant harvests, plentiful rains, open wombs, uh, fruitful quivers of children and grandchildren. Um, he, he blessed them tangibly uh, it, with, with, with physical evidences. In the New Testament, it's quite different because God enters our suffering. And so the blessings that he gives are the very things that sustained his own son when Jesus suffered. So the blessings that mm. we accrue are courage, perseverance, endurance, patience, long-suffering, I mean, bravery, nobility in the face of a trial, gentleness in the face of of a terrible tribe. These are the ways he blesses us in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so um, when people, uh, you know, often ask, how can I pray for you, Johnny? Like I've got a, you know, I don't know, maybe my cancer comes back. And if, if my, if, if my mm -hmm. cancer did come back and people said, oh, we're going to pray to God heals you. Of course I want healing. But that would be, let's say, I would ask somebody to make that maybe 8% of their prayers for me. Please make the mm -hmm. remaining uh, 92% all about courage. Ask God to give me courage. Yeah. Ask God to give me a deeper love for his word in the middle of this affliction. Mm -hmm. Ask God to make my hopes of heaven more buoyant, my faith more mm -hmm. visceral and meaty and, and gritty, and uh, help me to live life um, honorably. Um, because, Joanna, I, I don't want to waste my suffering. I guess that's my... The way I look at it, we're, my eternal estate and the eternal estate of all of our friends listening is too precious to waste. Why diminish it? Why jeopardize it being uh, minimalized? Because there will be those who are least in the kingdom of heaven. We know that from scripture. I don't want to be one of those. I want to enlarge my eternal estate. So why waste your suffering? Why not agree with God, partner with his spirit and say, I'll do the hard thing. I will be patient in this trial. I will wait on him and let his courage rule the day. So that was kind of a pancake batter spread out on a skillet response, just all over the place, <laughs> all over the map. But, you know. Oh, no, bring it. <laughs> we need a whole stack of them. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think that part of our, our issue in life is that we really want everything to be fair. And, you know, when I, when I look at your life, just to be honest, Johnny, I'm like, okay, you know, paralyzed at 17 through a, a diving accident, uh, confined to a wheelchair, quadriplegic, then two rounds of cancer, and now chronic pain. And it's like, oh, Lord, that just doesn't seem fair. Well, that, that's a, that's, yeah, 
it's a good observation. And uh, but trying to determine whether or not God is being fair in any one's given situation. It's like walking into a room halfway through somebody else's argument. We don't have all the facts, the side of eternity. Yeah. And I know our listening friends would know Genesis chapter 50, where, uh, where Joseph says to his wicked brothers who sold him into slavery, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Now get the next part, because we often forget the next part. For the saving of many lives. Yes. Joanna, I, there yes. are some nights I am near tears. I've got to fight back the joy because there's nobody around to blow my nose. I've got to fight back the joy just thinking of how God has used one wheelchair <laughs> to give the gospel to tens of hundreds of thousands of disabled people around the world through Johnny and friends. Yeah. I mean, we, we get a chance to give the good news of Jesus to people who otherwise would not hear about him. And so God, mm -hmm. maybe Satan intended this broken neck for evil, but God intended it for good, quote, for the saving of many lives. And I, I, I think all of us in our own particular trials, boy, we need to remember that, that you're going through that trial, not only for your own benefit, but it is for the benefit of others. Mm -hmm. it, it, it should be your platform that gives you credibility and authority to speak with integrity to somebody else going through their trials, passing on the comfort, passing on the good news. And look, I know of what I speak because I just went through a divorce, or I know of what I speak because my mother mm -hmm. just died. I, I know of what I speak because my children was just diagnosed with, uh, with uh, autism. I mean, th there are countless things we could say. Uh, I have been given this trial to give me a platform of authority to comfort others in their hurts. That is the, quote, saving of many lives that we all need to remember. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, you talk about um, in that, you're kind of your updated chapter where you look back and then you just kind of give a, a glimpse of, of your perspective now at 70 some years of age, <laughs> which you don't look like it at all. You're so beautiful. Wow. But I think, I think it was so beautiful because you brought up an important point that I really kind of wanted to dive into. And that is, you know, here you are, you, you decide to give God glory. You decide to trust him in the middle of your difficulty. God opens up this amazing ministry. And yet, like many of us, you kind of got caught up in doing, doing, doing for Jesus. And he had to kind of bring you back to center. Can you talk about that? Because I know that there's some women out there that just feel a big call of God on their life. In fact, maybe God's opening doors of ministry and and they they are getting a little bit caught up in in that platform that you talk about, that he uses our brokenness for a platform. But sometimes we can, I don't know about you, but... I have gotten caught up in the platform and, and missed the real treasure. Right. Uh, and, and you're spot on. There was a time when it was all, all about, well, I've got to capitalize on this opportunity. I've got to make the most of this moment. God's opening that door. I've got to walk through it. I mean, it was all about expanding uh, my ministry. Of course, I've always seen my ministry as one to serve people with disabilities globally. And uh, that's, that's, my calling from the beginning. Um, I don't primarily see myself as an author and a speaker, although I know I write and talk mainly as for the disabled. So 
I remember I had a friend who pulled me aside and he said, Johnny, don't worry about the breadth of your ministry. You worry about the depth of your life. Yes. Just just deepen your life with mm. Christ because when you do that, God will direct you. You put up the sails in your boat by deepening your walk with Christ, getting to know mm. him, and he'll take care of the rest. And it was incredibly freeing. It just was freeing. And, and, and honestly, a, a good parallel would be the way we actually even grow in Christ. Um, I used to think, okay, justification. Okay, when I got justified, when I got saved, that was back then. That was like you know, 55, 60 years ago. Um, now I'm on to better and bigger things. Now I'm going to this conference or I'm reading that book or you're doing this Bible study or you're learning and memorizing verses. You think you're growing, growing. But I think the way we really grow is to keep going back to justificate, to, to getting saved, to what mm. that means. What did Jesus do on the cross? Fall in love with his loveliness. Adore mm. him and the sacrifice he made. Contemplate what he left behind in heaven to assume um, role as savior and deliverer. Recount his many parables. Just sit on him. Just I always tell people, who want to grow in Christ and, and grow. I want to I want to grow in the Lord. Just give me the give me the ABCs here and one, two, threes. And I say, just sit on your justification and go deep. Just go way deep down inside of what it means that Christ died for you. And yeah. once you do that, not only will you grow in him, but your ministry will expand. And because you will have made yourself a usable vessel that the master of the household is delight to choose for his kingdom use. Amen. 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 The Lord spoke that to my heart, you know, back when the prayer of Jabez was so yeah. big, the little book, and it is a powerful, powerful thing. You know, you know, we pray, Lord, expend, extend the, my tent and, and our realm of ministry. But the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, Joanna, if you're only an inch deep, if I expand you, you're not going to stand the light of day. You, you will burn up because it has to be deep before it can go be wide. So I appreciate that so much. Well, you are a wise woman. You know, get, why don't you answer your own question there, Joanna? What would you say to our <laughs> friends tuning in? Oh, that's, you know what that is? I, I really have been praying, you know, because I'm going to be 60 in April and all of a sudden I'm realizing, okay, yeah, Lord, you know, if, if you don't come back soon, my my realm of influence is going to be limited, my time on this earth, and what would I want? It is exactly what you said. It's just fall in love with Jesus, because I really am convinced he's more interested in building his kingdom in us than he is in building our kingdom through yeah. us. And we can get the cart before the horse, and we can run, run, run for Jesus, and then one day turn around and find out he's way back there <laughs> and he loves us. And he says, that was all great, but that's not what I required of you. Mm. I think this is one reason, and that's great. I totally resonate with what you just shared. I think it's one reason I memorize a lot of hymns um, often at night again, when I'm in pain and I enter that, I enter that burning furnace, you know, talking to my pain yeah. and, the way I keep my heart calm is to sing or recite the verses of uh, 
timeless hymns. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Thou hast bid me gaze upon thee, and thy beauty fills my soul. For by my transform, thy transforming power, thou hast made me whole. I, I know so many stanzas of hymns, timeless hymns, rich, mm. deep hymns with good doctrine, that it provides language for my adoration of Jesus. Because I'm sure our friends listening have had those moments where they are too, they're hurting so badly they can't even put two sentences together in a prayer. Mm-hmm. I'm like that. Yeah. There are times where it's so bad I can't even construct a sentence. And I, I can't just, I can't let just my thoughts pray because then I'll start wondering about whether the laundry on the washing machine was put in and <laughs> did we use enough soap. So I, I can't I can't just think prayers. I have to. Yeah. And so my prayers are, I quick default to stanzas of hymns that make great words of adoration that just flow because they, they're, they're, you know, I know them by heart. So I'd, I'd encourage our listening uh, friends, all the women listening yeah. in, to think about memorizing some wonderfully rich stanzas of hymns as words for adoration of Jesus. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm working on my new book or finishing up my new book that's coming out in August, Embracing Trust, The Art of Letting Go and holding on to our forever faithful God. And um, it's been a three-year journey of writing, but which I <laughs> feel like I, I'm the world's slowest writer, but God has used this time to completely expand my vision of who he is. And um, as you're talking, I, I just think about Paternus's advice to his son, and he said, think magnificently about God. Oh. That's a good one. And isn't that, oh, I just love that. Because when we see him as he is, really, and, and I know we can only catch a glimpse, but somehow in seeing him in his majesty, all of this life just kind of takes its proper order. But if I'm so focused on on you know my failure to write a book to take so long or or what I didn't do yesterday and I should have done um I just get so me-centered and I feel like just thinking about his attributes, kind of like what you're talking about the hymns, I've, um, I've never really studied his attributes, but like my mind is just being expanded and it's almost like my soul, you know, as our mind expands, our soul expands for more of him. And as you think about those attributes, it tends to uglify your sin, which then makes you more readily quick to repent from it, turn from it, confess it. That in turn makes Christ all the more lovely, deepens your walk with him. And the more you behold him, the more your sin becomes uglier. And it's just just this wonderful spiraling upward, not downward, which we so tend to do, but spiraling upward. I would suggest the Puritans too, for our listeners. Reading Puritan, the Puritans, uh, um, I'm just going to give uh, one, let's see, uh, I would suggest Samuel Rutherford's Love Letters. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's a little book. It's a beautiful book, um, but it's, it's, it's deep. And just, just read some of these, what saints of old have said about um, the devotional life and a uh, good place to 
you also enrich your walk with the Lord. Yes, it really is. I one of my favorite Rutherford quote is, and I don't know if I can say it right, but you know, um, something about like he had expected a, a straight, ever upward path, but oh, the winding, twisting ways he's taking me. That's a good on. one. That's a good one. <laughs> And it is. And you know, what's so funny is it's like, when you can see that, when you can see that, no, this is the Lord, you know, it comes back to Joseph. You think you did this to me, but God was in it all. And, you know, we can wrestle with that in our flesh, or we can embrace it as such a comforting truth. I remember um, being at the Pool of Bethesda when I went to Israel in 1998, and it was a hot, dusty afternoon. And Ken Todd and I, my husband and I, um, he went down to look at the cisterns, and there was nobody there, no one there. We had the whole place to ourselves. And I leaned on the guardrail overlooking those ruins. Of course, you know, the Pool of Bethesda is where all the disabled people used to lie wanting to get healed. And I used to imagine myself in that place so many times when I was in the hospital. Oh, God, don't pass me by. Jesus, heal me. And I wept. I just wept large, snotty tears and just thank God that that you said no, Jesus, to my request for a physical healing because it's meant yes to so many other wonderful, wow. wonderful things that have benefited, you know, the saving of many lives kind of stuff. And I just... So I'm very grateful. Um, You know, I wouldn't say this to anybody, uh, but you seem, I don't know. When I was in high school, I I professed Christ, but I did other things on Friday nights that I'm sure Jesus was deeply ashamed of me. And um, of course, he has no illusions about me. He knows I'm a sinner, but but um, I was I was staining his reputation big time, and and then I'd confess my sins on Sunday morning and promise God I'd walk the straight and narrow. But next Friday night with my boyfriend, I was doing something else. And finally, right before I went to college, I remember saying to God, "I don't want to be a hypocrite anymore." And so I'm going to either recant my Christian faith because you deserve you deserve better, God. I mean, <laughs> funny way funny the way you think when you're a teenager. Or you're going to have to do something in my life to turn it around. Because mm. I can't, I'm a slave to sin. I can't break free of it. I've gotten myself in so deep. And then I broke my neck. Mm. And I remember thinking how cruel of God to take me so seriously with a prayer like that. <laughs> but, but even that, I can look back now and say, how wise you were. Thank yeah. you for that. Hmm. Whether or not he was disciplining me, according to Romans 12 I, or, or Hebrews 12, I have no idea. There would there'd be people who would argue with me, oh, God would not do deal so hmm. severely with such a young one as you. Yeah, he would. Yes, yeah. he would. But anyway. Oh, I love that you shared that. You know, I and again, I think it's because we don't fully understand God. We put him in a box and we say he's like us. Yeah. He thinks like us. He does things like us. And if he doesn't, he should. Right? <laughs> Exactly. Bingo. David, David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. And then he goes on to say, your ways are good. Your ways are good. And, you know, I was just sharing with you when I was, we were off the air, just that, you know, if God would have given me what I wanted, which was, you know, 
international fame and unending influence. <laughs> and although I've been able to write some books and, and minister, it, it's been on you know a fairly small stage. But I can truly say my boundaries have fallen in delightful places. Yes. Yep. Psalm 16. Yep. Indeed, you have a rich and a beautiful inheritance. The next verse. <laughs> yes. Because he knew before the foundations of the world what he was going to do with us. He knew the gifts and the treasures that were there, and he knew what would keep them from being released. And so it is those places of brokenness, you know, of having to lay down my dreams, live beyond my dreams, and say, Lord, I want what you want more. He's met me. (laughs) He's met me in such precious ways. And to think that we could miss out on all of that because we're just put out with him right. or we think that he is, he's too, um, that he was too harsh with us, that he didn't love us. And I, I guess that's my biggest prayer for people is that we somehow get beyond all of our objections <laughs> and, and surrender and just say, God, my life belongs to you. You can do whatever you want. And I sense that's what you have done, yeah. I, that that's yeah. in that place of, okay, here I am, whatever you want. Absolutely. And I can't really say it any better than you have already said it, Joanna. Um, The only thing I might add to it is that heaven, having a perspective of heaven, um, where he will give us the key that will unlock sense out of what now Mm -hmm. seems to be senseless suffering. If we can just remember that uh, something so glorious and awesome and wonderful and stupendous and grand It's going to happen in the world's finale that it's going to suffice for all of our present day hurts. If we can just remember that, that that this is but a blip on the, not even a blip on the eternal screen. And we'll have all of eternity to celebrate. Amy Carmichael said, we'll have all of eternity to celebrate the victories. We we only have a few hours before sunset in which to win them. So let's win them. Mm, That's so beautiful. And I think of my dear friend, Trina, who spends her life in a wheelchair and has so much desire to honor and work for the Lord, and yet she's limited by her body. And I've just more and more just realized, oh, Lord, you know, the things we dream of here may not be fulfilled, but we have all of eternity for God's purposes and call on our life to be fulfilled. And don't you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I entrusted you with a few things with a little bit of suffering, and you Mm. stewarded it well. So my closing phrase would be, uh, gee, who said this? I forget who said this. It's not original to me, but yeah, well, steward your suffering well, suffer well. I just wish I could talk to you forever, but we have to close this time. Would you just pray for those girls who are really wrestling? with where they're finding themselves right now? Oh, Joanna, yes. Well, for, first, I'm so glad that they follow you. Keep following Joanna, girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell your girlfriends <laughs> to sign up for her podcast because there's some good stuff that uh, my friend Joanna has to say and share here. So let me pray. Mm-hmm. And Lord Jesus, as I pray, you know each woman who's got her earbuds mm-hmm. in right now. You know who's listening at the kitchen sink. You know who's listening to us on the car, uh, Bluetooth. You, you, you know who's tuning in on their morning walk. Jesus, 
we all have our mm. special trials and they distress us. They disappoint mm. us. But Father, help us to hold fast to something as simple as Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in the Lord at all times. Yeah. It couldn't be more simple than that. Mm. And so, Jesus, help us not to listen to our emotions when they become wayward, when they whine and complain and try to pull us down some detour uh, that is away from the narrow gate and the narrow path. Help us to hold fast to you and your word. Would you help us to relax, enter our trials, whatever they are, breathe a deep, take a deep breath and wait on you in the middle of that trial, knowing that it will never crush us. It will not crush us because that's a promise from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Bring each woman here into that and onto that next new level of greater trust and confidence in you and your word. Whatever route you want to take her on, Lord God, through these trials, I pray that the end game will be a higher, more magnificent, a more glorious, a more wonderful vision of yourself, that each of us might fall in love with you more and more and more. We ask that, Jesus, because that's the kind of prayer you love answering. In your wonderful name, amen. 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 Wow, that conversation touched some deep, deep places in my heart. I don't know what you're going through, my friend, but I hope you'll remember that Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of your pain. He wants to sustain and strengthen you. He wants to give you the courage and the perseverance you need to trust him in the middle of it all. Though you guys only heard Johnny's voice on the podcast, I had the privilege of seeing her on my computer screen as we talked. And oh, you guys, I'm serious. She is so beautiful. Though she's lived in chronic pain with little sleep for decades, her face is so smooth and unlined. At 72, she nearly glows, you guys. I couldn't help but think of Psalms 34.5. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. I want to have that kind of life. I want the beauty of Jesus to be seen in me as well. But it's only found by drawing close to the Lord in the middle of our struggles. He's the one. He's the one who not only gives us strength, but he changes us from the inside out. You can learn more about Johnny's books and ministries over at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 082. But before you head over there, would you mind taking time to leave a rating or a review for this podcast? It really helps get episodes like these into the earbuds of more listeners. And while you're there, why don't you hit subscribe? That way, whenever a new episode of The Living Room airs, it will automatically pop up in your podcast feed. Well, until next time, remember, my friend, you are not alone. Jesus is with you, even in the middle of the fire. And as you place your hand in his, he will not only make you radiant, he'll help you live and love and lead like him. God bless you, my friend.